Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker podcast. I'm joined today as always, by editor of thewolfpacker.com and fellow co-host Matt Carter. Yes, we are going to break down NC State's week one win over ECU. Matt, should I just leave it at that? 1-0, moving on. I admit, that could <laughs> be the podcast. Are you going to put the win in air quotes? Uh, yeah, great win. Doesn't matter how much it was by. Doesn't matter how it looked. Doesn't matter how it happened. A win is a win, and... You know, if NC State gets uh, gets to the end of the season and they, you know, they find a way to run the table or they win eleven games, nobody's going to be looking back saying, "Hey, one point win over ECU." Uh, that one doesn't count. But we're going to get into all that good stuff. Before we do, some quick reminders for the listeners and viewers at home: uh, you can you can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Plus, you can always watch us on our YouTube channel. Uh, you should subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, and please give this video a thumbs up. Drop a comment as well. Um, I'll give you a comment prop. Tell me who your favorite uh, player in this game was. Maybe a breakthrough candidate, maybe one of the old reliables. Uh, there were some big plays in this game, but I think I think I got an idea for uh, who a lot of people will answer. We'll get into him a little bit later. Um, last reminder, sign up for the Wolfpacker.com for just a dollar. You can get a year's worth of premium subscription to the Wolfpacker.com as part of the on three network. So you get all the premium news and information, access to the message boards, the inside scoop on everything NC state athletics. So take advantage of that deal. A dollar gets you a year. So, uh, it'll take you well through, uh, this current athletics season on through uh, week one of next year. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt, let's, uh, let's talk about this game because I think uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to speak for a lot of our listeners here to say that uh, my heart rate got a little <laughs> bit high uh, earlier than I expected to this season, uh, this morning in general. Uh, everybody check your blood pressure. Make sure you're eating well, low cl- cholesterol the rest of the week because, man, that was the definition of cardiac pack uh taking down ecu 21 to 20 winning by the skin of its teeth really yes you could say uh nc state got away with with one there but you could also make the argument that uh that nc state should have been ahead by much more than it was in the final minutes of the fourth quarter so matt i just want to go for your instant reaction and then we'll just kind of let it take us from there. Um, just your 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 impressions of this win. If you're an NC State fan, what <laughs> should you be thinking about this result? Should be should you be happy that your team found some luck in the fourth quarter and uh, and and snuck away with a win that that smelled every bit of uh, NC State stuff potentially in week one, or uh, or should you be a little disappointed? That, that NC State, 
you know, didn't really play to the caliber uh, that, you know, Vegas suggested with that 11 and a half point spread and, and what a lot of people thought NC State was going to look like going into this game as the preseason number 13 team in the country. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually looking at my phone because I sent a picture. My heart rate, I have an Apple Watch that measures uh, my heart rate. Um, I'm in the three or the four o'clock hour, which is when the uh, <laughs> dramatic one happened. My heart rate range went from uh, 66 on the low end to 137 on the high end, which I'm pretty sure that 137 was right during that. It was maybe for about five seconds on the kick. But, uh, uh, huh. yeah, yeah, just, uh, you know, I'm watching at home. Before we get started, kudos to uh, Ethan McDowell, the rookie. Uh, he was in Greenville covering the game for the first time, kind of peeled back the curtain a little bit. Both of us uh, had tested positive for COVID. We're both fine, but my quarantine did not end until Friday. Ethan's ended earlier and so just to be safe, we sent Ethan to Greenville. Uh, so I had to watch it from home, which I told Justin I didn't, and I, I really didn't like that. I'm, I'd much rather prefer to be in the stadium, uh, although I get the benefit of watching a lot of football on the other side of it. But if you're an NC State fan, like, you know, I think the natural instant reaction is to, to want to throw up after a game like that. Um when you take in the context of everything in particular, um, you know, you're hoping for a magical double-digit win season, and if you're blunt about it, it looks like an 8-4 and four type of team playing out there. Yeah, I, I've always been, I think, Justin, you've, you've uh, said I'm, I'm pretty good about not getting too high after the wins and not getting too lows after the losses, or in this case, you know, too low after a, 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 a win on paper, I guess. Um, yeah, I thought NC State played a, a C minus, D plus type of game, probably closer to C minus. And I think ECU didn't play an A game because you got to remember ECU had a punt block. They missed two kicks, two intercept, an interception by Holton Haley. So far from a perfect game for ECU, but I thought they played a for them, a B-plus game. I thought they played much closer to their full capability. And, um, you know, what we learned is maybe the margin for error for NC State not as good as we think. Um, but, you know, they were lucky. And you're right, though. I felt like, and I wrote my column, score a touchdown on either one of those moments at the one-yard line, I think the game's over. And she stayed at that point up 28-14. I don't think ECU comes back. So, I don't think they're as far or as bad as they probably look on the surface. I just think they kept getting in their way, and they were just maybe one or two plays away a lot in this game from kind of rolling. And they just couldn't ever get into that role. And that... Uh, Credit ECU, too. NC State gave them life, and in the fourth quarter, ECU dominated. I mean, NC State was lucky. ECU took it to them in the fourth quarter when they, they saw the opening. I don't know if it was the heat, the crowd, or what, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think the only thing you can say is hey, that's a game NC State would have lost 
nine times out of ten under normal circumstances. So maybe that's a sign of good things to come. I think it's okay to not know how to feel. Uh, you know, if you're someone that's followed NC State athletics and NC State football uh, your entire life, I mean, it's just not a normal feeling for for NC State. And it just like I said in the intro, it it it's a game that you know, ninety nine times out of a hundred. NC State comes out of that out of that game out of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium with a loss, just based on how the the events unfolded in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, I think you're being maybe a little tough on NC State in the first half. I liked what I saw. I thought NC State, uh, you know, executed according to the script. You know, short of falling behind seven zero, that's something that we talked about in the preview podcast. Important game, week one on the road in front of a sold out crowd. You want to start strong. You don't want to let that crowd get going, and it did. But NC State looked like a mature team and looked like a number 13 team in the country when it responded with 21 unanswered points before the half, uh, You know, settled the crowd down. And I expected at halftime that this NC State team was going to do what it did several times over the past two seasons, which is they'd, they'd score before the half, take the 21-7 to lead, They'd get the kickoff return back at the, at the beginning of the second half, and then they'd go down, score a touchdown early third quarter on that first drive. And then you're looking at a 28 to seven game, in which case then ECU has to start reaching a little bit. They got to start throwing the ball some more. Uh, you know, maybe they get a little bit more aggressive on defense, trying to go for turnovers. Maybe that opens up some things on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know. I think if NC State executes on that first series in the second half, we could be looking at a game where NC State wins this handedly. Um, but as soon as ECU was made, able to make a stop on that first drive of the second half, you know, it was almost like the momentum shifted and ECU started playing like the really confident team out there. Um, you could tell in the fourth quarter just by the body language that ECU just looked like the more confident bunch. Um, you know, NC State got knocked on the goal line there in, in, in the fourth quarter. Demi Sumo had that amazing run. I think it was for about a 20-yard gain or so, uh, or so. He ran over about two Pirates defenders, got him to the one-yard line, and then, you know, they tried to run up the gut uh, with Sumo again multiple times. Um, you know, maybe you could – you, you would have liked for the referees to maybe blow their whistle a little bit sooner on a couple of those plays, that, that second uh, uh, goal line stand that ECU made. Uh, and that helps. I mean, you can't deny that. That helped ECU. Yeah. So, so you, you burned two of your plays that you were going to use right there because you showed ECU exactly what you are going to do. Um, but I would say, you know, just from – if I want to be critical, you know, if – I mean, look, I, I – I don't know what I'm doing compared to Tim Beck. He obviously has a fountain of football knowledge way more compared to me. But you know, just from the spectator's view, I would have liked to see maybe just one opportunity, Devin Leary, to make a play with his arm as opposed to running it up, uh, you know, four run plays in a row, getting stuffed at the goal line. You know, maybe maybe down the road the play calling is going to you know change a bit in those goal line situations. It's week one for everybody. You're learning your personnel offensive line would like to have that game back but um but yeah so where do you want to go from here matt you want to talk about devin leary you want to talk about demi sumo 
I was trying to say to real quick, I agree with you wholeheartedly about it. I think the third, third quarter was the quarter of missed opportunity for NC State. And that first drive, they had a third and seven, which was manageable, not ideal, and they got a false start that turned it into a third and 12, and that kind of makes it a very difficult situation. And then you had the two plays at the goal. Because ECU did come down and score. I think NC State got a, a 15-yard penalty on that drive. That ECU went down and scored, and and I believe they got away with another one too on a late hit where they picked up the flag and shouldn't have. But yep, Tanner Ingle, right? <clears throat> yeah, and um, but then Entry State got to the one yard line twice, and like I said, you punch one of those in, I do believe the game's over, and they didn't. And, that, and even in both situations, it was so tough. Did Jordan Houston fumble? I don't know. I think he was reaching out while lying on a bunch of guys' bodies. You know, he was practically down by every sense of the word, but no angle to prove that a body part was touching the ground. I don't think that fumble was forced or anything. Yeah, you know, I'm not so sure Demi Sumo might not have gotten in on one of those early plunges. And then I did think, you know, Dave Dorn wasn't using it as an excuse. But the one where they blew the whistle when nobody called a timeout when Devin Leary was sneaking it in, yeah, that that's one of those what are you doing referee moment. Yeah. I think they said something about ball placement or something like that. But uh, then Dorn said they couldn't run that play because they just showed what they were going to do on the center. But um, uh, I'll say this about uh, the offense because I know that's what people are probably most apprehensive about. I, I don't think they were as far as people want to come out away from this game from thinking. If you tell me that Demi Sumo, what you, you know, come by, I, I, we'll call him Demi Sumo. Um, Slimy Shark is his nickname. Yeah. If he's going to run like that, and Jordan Houston, I thought, ran pretty well too. And if they collectively are going to run for four to four and a half yards of carry this year, I think NC State's going to be fine. I, I thought Devin Leary was a little off. I think some of it was, I thought he was really good down the seam, uh, up the middle of the field, those 15, 20-yard range. And for whatever reason, this, the kind of controlled short passing game and the sideline passes weren't working. But, uh, yeah, you're confident that'll come. So if NC State can run the football like that and just get Devin Leary to kind of be a little bit more like Devin Leary, I think they'll be fine on offense. I really do. I, there were some positive to take away from this game, and I agree with you. They just missed it, that third quarter with the missed opportunity to put it away. Well, yeah, there. I I agree with the uh, you know points on offense. Uh, definitely some positives to take away. I think number one being you've got something special with your sophomore running back, Demi Sumo. He looked like a beast out there. He looked like a guy you know, that uh, is technically the running back two on, on the depth chart. Although, Matt, maybe you can correct me here on the depth chart. Is there an or next to Demi Sumo's name, or is he is he this official uh, second he, string running yeah, back? Yeah, he was just officially second string. Well, that could be something to watch, uh, you know, as the season progresses, because Demi Sumo certainly played like a guy that deserves an or next to his name at some point down the road if he keeps running the ball like that. And I agree with you. I thought Jordan Houston, you know, had a fine game. I just thought 
Sumo was just a little bit more impressive with his opportunities. Of course, you know, the running backs can only take what the opportunities that they get. So just because Jordan Houston didn't have some of the electric runs that Sumo had, it doesn't mean that he's not the same capable player, that he's not a better player. Just that, you know, the blocks that he was getting just didn't didn't pan out as well as Sumo. Uh, running game was about, you know, it kind of reminded me a little bit of last year, just talented backs. Maybe you'd like a little bit more of the run game, but um, I thought all in all it was, it was fine. And, you know, they did average – I mean, what would they average as a collective unit? Four, four point two a carry. That includes, um, you know, uh, minus two from the team and 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 one yard on two attempts from Leary. So, you know, from those backs, you're looking more like four and a half a carry. But the thing that I think was a little bit concerning on offense was just uh, the passing game just did not look did not look fluid. And um, and I think it starts at quarterback. Uh, you know, Devin Leary didn't look like an ACC player of the year. Uh, he, he didn't have a bad game. I didn't, I didn't think he had a bad game, but I think he had a bad game by his standards. Right. You know, I think he's a guy that holds himself in high regard. I think he's a guy that sees himself as a first round NFL draft pick. I think he's a guy that sees himself as the ACC player of the year. And, you know, this program has rallied behind him. You know, he's a guy that they made a campaign that's a Heisman campaign, but they're not calling it a Heisman campaign. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you're not going to be able to afford many more games like that if uh, if you wanted to ever see Devin Leary make the trip to New York later this season. Uh, not saying that he can't turn around, because he certainly could. I mean, next week against Charleston Southern, he could light him up. He could get right back in rhythm, You know, throw for 400 yards, throw for five touchdowns. Maybe that's exactly what he needed. But Matt, this was something that we talked about. Um, you know, going into the last podcast, Leary just hasn't had much experience in hostile road environments. The one that jumps out to you is that Mississippi State game last year. And it was another scenario where NC State just didn't look like itself. I kind of got, I kind of, kind of got some similar feelings from this game. You know, we're going to look down the road. I think ECU is going to be a solid team. I think they're going to be a bowl team, but I don't think they're going to be anything more than, you know, eight and four, seven and five at the most. Um, so if NC state ends up turning this around and, and, and having the type of season that it wants to have, that it thinks it can have, um, you know, they're going to look back on this game saying that they left some on the table, but, um, as for the defense or oh, go ahead, Matt, go ahead. Remember too, they had games like this kind of last year, Louisiana tech just happened to be at home, but they needed an interception at the last play of the game in the end zone to pull that one out. If people remember. So, um, you know, they're not immune to this type of game. They're not Georgia that's going to, you know, walk the dogs on Oregon, you know, in week one. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're not immune to it. I, I'd say one more thing about the offense. I think they need to speed up a little bit. I ain't definitely better when you just go. And I thought there was a little, it was kind of a methodical approach today. You know, it wasn't hurry up. It wasn't get to the line and go. It, there wasn't a lot of speed ball. Um, I don't know if that's what ECU was doing. Maybe I do know that. Look, I know these NC State coaches are very conscious of game conditions. For instance, they're very conscious of keeping their defense fresh. Uh, they don't want to wear out, and so it's a balance you have to walk. Um, but I thought this game maybe speed up a little bit more. I, I didn't see a whole lot of tempo uh, from NC State in this game, and there wasn't. 
And part of that may have been just because of the way the offense was moving, but they didn't get a string of completions to just go, go, go. But um, that's something I would like to see. I think Leary operates faster. When he operates faster, he goes, he's more effective. And uh, that's why he's so great in two-minute offense. But uh, for whatever reason, I just felt like they were a little bit methodical today out there. But Yeah, that- if, you, if, you, if you give NC State, you know, a, a C-minus overall grade for this game, and I agree with that. I, I put them at a C. And just, you know, because NC State's identity is complementary football. It's a three-facet three game for NC State, and their their idea is, well, if one of our sides of the football isn't playing at its best, then we're going to have strong special teams and we're going to have a strong defense, and, and that's going to help us win games when maybe our offense isn't clicking on all cylinders. Um, but if you want to break it down to, like, an offense-defense, I'd give the offense a D. I'd give the defense a B um, because I, I saw plenty to like from the defense. Um, you know, I thought the, the final drive ECU scored, you would have liked them to step up a little bit in that situation and, and, and take control of the situation like a top five caliber defense in the country would do. You know, and I think that's the expectation for this group. Uh, you've got a really, really strong group of linebackers, as we know. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think they performed to their best level, didn't, didn't see as much pressure. Uh, in the backfield as maybe I had anticipated from this linebacker core. But what I did like a lot was how well the secondary played um, because I, I thought there were a couple more missed opportunities for some picks in this game. Uh, they came away with two in the first half, but you know, there's a couple, a couple 50-50 balls there down the stretch in the second half that I think if NC State had to do it over again, they might have they been able to pick off Holt Nailers maybe a third or, or even fourth time. Um, and it's just good to see how aggressive they're being on making plays on the ball. I'd say that's something to watch. I think this NC State defense is going to force a lot more turnovers this year just based on how aggressive they're playing. But um, how, how did you see the defense performing as a unit, as a whole? And also, um, you know, could you, you – know, whatever you know from the postgame availability, you know, what's, what's the status of, of Peyton Wilson, a guy that, uh, you know, left the game and was in street clothes on the sideline uh, in the second half of this game? Yeah, it's a great question. I don't know. Uh, Dorn said that they were going to have to. Uh, Dave Dorn said they were going to have to wait to talk to the doctors. So there was no update on him or Trent Penix, which would be a, a bit of a blow for the offense if Penix can't go. Uh, I thought he was knocked out on the hit at first, but I guess he was holding a wrist or arm. So uh, it may be an injury there. So we'll have to see how that. And uh, that plays out. But I, I will say, I thought Jalen Scott played one of his better games coming in. I saw him making some plays. I saw number two around the ball when he came in, which was, you know, kind of in the past with Jalen Scott. You got steady. You got not a lot of mistakes, but not necessarily a lot of plays either. You know, kind of a steady Eddie. This time, he, he looked like a playmaker. Um, I actually think, you know, he's one of my guys that I thought stood out from what I saw, but I give the defense a good, uh, uh, certainly a better grade than the offense. Uh, you know, B, I did think they missed too many tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of this is a byproduct of, of how East Carolina approached the game. 
very little shots downfield. This would, um, yeah, I would guess that 90% of Holt Naylor's passes were within five to ten yard range uh, in the air. Very quick, neutralizing the front for NC State. Uh, I keep saying, I thought the second day, you know, broke up quite a few passes. I mean, you could call them drops from East Carolina. I think they were broken up from, they got hit hard in the back or hard in the shoulder when they when the ball got there and it, and it knocked the ball loose. Um, I thought the pass interference call on Aiden White was a weak call. I know the TV announcer said that that was like a no-brainer, but I didn't see it. Not on the replay they showed. I, and I know Aiden White was very unhappy. And that kind of led to the last touchdown for ECU. Um, so I thought the defense, by and large, played the, the tackle him with the one issue. And the thing that came to my mind is, you know, they were very cautious about their veterans in training camp, not giving them too many reps to risk injury and to wear them out, to have them fresh. And it's a fine line you got to you walk. I would take the same approach. I think you would too, right, Justin? If you had all these all ACC caliber defensive players, you don't need to see a whole lot out of them. Absolutely. I'm joining camp. But I do wonder, that's such a hard line to balance to walk. Did that show up a little bit with some of the tackling today? And and uh, that was probably my one concern for the defense. A little bit too much missed tackles. Not enough pressure on Holton Ailey. And I'll say this. I thought Holton Ailey played a really good game. Um, he's a, he's a gamer and he, you know, Desmond Ritter is no longer there at Cincinnati. I don't know who the other quarterbacks are in the AAC, but I could easily see Holt Naylor's being a all AAC caliber quarterback, uh, by the end of the season. He's been there a hundred thousand years now. And, um, so he's seen everything. Um, one of my one worries was ECU had all summer to prepare for this game. And you knew they were going to prepare for it like it was a Super Bowl for them. And you saw that. You saw an effort of a team that spent months getting ready for this game. Uh, and and so, you know, that, that was clear. That was very clear. I'm with you. I'm curious to see what ECU would do for the rest of the year um, and how this holds up. But uh, I thought they gave a good effort for their offense. But, you know, you cannot fault too much on a defense that gave up only 20 points and about 350 total yards. As you said before the game, ECU got 20 points and 350 total yards and the running backs were held in check. You would have thought NC State won probably covering the spread. Well, I mean, ECU ECU's point total is exactly, you know, kind of lived up to the expectation. Uh, the ECU team total in Vegas was 20. And they had 20 points. Um, should have had 21. But, you know, as NC State fans know firsthand, um, you know, so, sometimes sometimes you're the team that has the kicker that misses <laughs> at, the, at the wrong time. And sometimes you're the team that, uh, that uh, benefits from, from those moments. So, um, you know, it, Tough for ECU to lose like that. Uh, you know, certainly a game that probably should have ended up going to overtime. Um, you know, NC State, this is now two games in a row that, uh, you know, needed some needed some magic in the late fourth quarter to come away with a win. 
not exactly the way you had had anticipated winning the game, but you take the W nonetheless and you move on. Um, and now this team is going to have, uh, you know, three weeks really to get ready for the biggest game of the season at home. Um, you know, they're going to come back to Charleston Southern. That's going to be a nice dress rehearsal. I don't expect Charleston Southern to give NC State quite the scare like ECU did. Um, I don't know what to expect with Texas Tech, but yeah, that, that I, game comes on a little bit larger for me now. I, I want to see, you know, first test. You pass, but not impressively, right? Um, you met the seawall to use the old college terminology. I, I don't know if they still do that. Do they still do that, Justin? Seawall classes where you have to have a C to get credit for uh, it. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm a washed up post grad too, man. So we should uh, ask Ethan that back yeah, when maybe, I was in, back when not, I was not in, when I was in school. But okay, in the old days when I was in school, they had what were called seawall classes where you could not get credit for the class towards the graduation unless you got at least a C on it. And uh, so NC State passed the seawall here, but now nah, I want to see Texas Tech. You want to see that's a Power Five opponent. Let's get this one at home. Let's see some dramatic. You're not, you know, who, what are you going to see against Charleston Southern, right? Besides a lot of the backups get some opportunities. So, well, I'd like, I'd like to see the offense move, and they will efficiently. Yeah, they will. Yeah, I mean, they, I, I hope they will. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd like to see it. Yeah, and then Texas Tech comes to say, okay, how much improvement have we seen from East Carolina? I'm, I'm, can we just discard East Carolina? Kind of a fluky opener, crazy setup, build up, weird thing happen type of deal, or did ECU was it a precursor of some alarming, alarming thing to happen? Um, so that that Texas Tech game probably takes on a large importance for me at this point. Well, ECU's defense surprised me a little bit. I I didn't think that. Uh... I mean, look, EC, ECU's got some had some dudes on that field. On on the, I knew that they were going to have a decent offense. Uh, that was that was where I thought ECU was going to be able to maybe scare NC State. I didn't think that um, I didn't think that ECU's defense was going to cause this many issues for for NC State's offense. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that that should be credited to ECU's defense. I don't know if that should be blamed on NC State's offense. Probably the truth is somewhere in the middle, a little bit of both. Um, you know, Texas Tech obviously is going to come in with that Big 12 reputation, going to want, you know, make more maybe more of a shootout. Uh, so it'll be a nice test for the defense, and you'd like to see NC State maybe get uh, a little bit more efficiency on the offensive end. Um, but, hey, you know, when, when, when you can get – when you can steal seven points on a punt block – I mean, how many times have we seen NC State do that in the past two seasons? Uh, the special teams unit just continues to be, uh, you know, a great strength for this team, for this program. Um, right. So something, something to keep in mind for these 50-50 games. Yeah, if you want to give a go-ahead game ball, that, that leads perfectly into mine. Um, okay, go ahead. Give it, give it away. I'm going way off to probably a first, but I'm going to give it to special teams coordinator Todd Goble. Uh, I thought the special teams were special. And obviously the block punt stands out. But, you know, pinning, they had the one time they pinned them at the one-yard line. Yep. Um, 
you know, if, if they punch it in on one of those, uh, that's the, the one of the four runs from the one yard line. We're talking about how Thayer Thomas had a, what, like a 20 yard punt return to get him at excellent field position at the 24. Um, you know, there were no miscues on the And end. I think that was the punt following the punt block. ECU was pinned to its own goal line once again. It was the, it was ECU's next punt. Well, no, anyway, it was, the, it was uh, when uh, Jordan Houston fumbled. ECU didn't move the ball, and they had to punt from their own end zone. And then that's when Thayer got What I ball. liked about it, though, is that NC State dialed it up perfectly where ECU was expecting you know, yeah. the dogs to go after that punt, and they went, they went full block mode and allowed – Thayer Thomas to have that great return. They they didn't they didn't send the dog. So I just you know the play. <laughs> you want to you want to give some credit to the play calling on special teams. A plus A plus on the special teams today. Yeah, so I, and I you know ever since Todd Gobel has come to NC State, that's been pretty consistent. You know since he's been the special teams coordinator, they've been really good on special teams the last what three years now since he's arrived. So. I think he deserved a lot of credit for what he's done to that unit. Um, and they didn't make mistakes. And that's the difference in the game. East Carolina had several special team mistakes. NC State had none. So, none of a catastrophic variety, at least. Well, I love that game ball pick. And uh, I love it even more because I was going to give mine to Demi Sumo. So, thank <laughs> you for not taking that from yeah. me. Um yeah, I mean, Demi Simo, what, uh, I give his stats, 14 carries, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, probably deserved a second one. But, uh, you know, can't can't overturn something that's not undisputable. Uh, so, you know, he had, his, he had his opportunities, but thought he looked great. Uh, thought he looked like a nice, physical, fast back. I mean, it, and he almost looked like a bigger Bam Knight out there. And that, I'll be honest, David, when he's running, I... He looks different when he's running. He almost looks like, you want to say, he looked kind of like a pro running it. I mean, he's only a sophomore, so we'll see if he develops. But I agree, you know, he just looks different. When he, he looked like a, he looked like a, he, he was doing his best Derrick Henry impression on that, you know, on that run that set up the second goal line stand for ECU. But, um, but yeah, Demi Sumo, like, like what I see, would love to see, uh, would love to see more. So, um, yeah, I guess that, that'll do it for this podcast. NC State moving on to week two, one and zero. ACC hanging in there. Uh, 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 you know, we can we can address it briefly as we close up. But you know, Boston College losing to Rutgers, uh, that's not good. Virginia Tech losing to Old Dominion, that's not good. Uh, UNC was expected to have a, a fight with App State, wins by the skin of its teeth by two points on a late. Failed two-point conversion, Boone, and a crazy game that was played in the 60s. Giving up 40 points in the fourth quarter. Not good. No. Um, so, you know, I mean. Six look, touchdowns in, in the fourth quarter. I mean, it, it, look, NC State's going to have some things to work on yeah. in week two. Everybody else in the ACC is going to have some things to work on. Yeah. You, know who's, you know who looked the most impressive for the ACC this week? Duke, Duke, Duke looked the most impressive against Temple. Now we still got Florida State to go against LSU, and we still hey, got Pitt, Georgia Tech. Give it to Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, Pitt, Pitt was impressive. Although it's its defense wasn't as impressive as I thought. But that was West Virginia. Sure. Yeah, it's back backyard brawl, rivalry game. It was Pitt looked solid, but I mean, I don't know. Is what what is West Virginia gonna be this year? Like, are they more than Temple? Yeah. Okay. It it was a little bit of a joke. I mean, (laughs) first first year head coach. We know Duke's gonna win, but maybe three or four games this year. But but I'm just saying the ACC as a whole. You know, uh, I think we were talking about on the on the on the preview podcast. You you had predicted the ACC to run the gauntlet this weekend. Well, yeah, that blew up. uh, Yeah. Well. Anyways, that's that's going to do it for this podcast. We'll have more on the next podcast previewing the Charleston Southern matchup. Woohoo! Um, sure. Yeah, we'll 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 probably end up, that'll probably be in, end up being a recap part two uh, of this <laughs> game. And and uh, yeah, here's a couple names from Charleston Southern. Enjoy your old toughies. Enjoy the game at Carter Friendly Stadium. Uh, but again, that's going to do it for this podcast. Remember, you can subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google Play. We're there. Uh, You can also watch us on YouTube. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. Give this video a thumbs up and drop a comment while you're at it. You can follow us on social media at The Wolfpacker is the main account on Twitter. You can give me a follow personally at Justin H. Will. And uh, give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack on thewolfpacker.com. Last but not least, head over to thewolfpacker.com and sign up for a year for just a dollar. Gets you premium access to the wolfpacker.com and the on three network uh, for a whole year. So take, you know, takes you all, all the way through this football season, all the way through basketball season, all the way up until week one of next year for just a dollar. So take advantage of it now. Um, and yeah, that's it. Uh, so for Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker podcast. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.